This is The Great Equalizer, a parenting podcast about the realities of being a mom or dad in modern Josie. We are your hosts, Sam and Charlene, and we believe we're all rocking the same kind of crazy. So let's get real, let's get honest, and let's have a laugh about the ups and downs of our current upside down. Hashtag no judges. On this episode of The Great Equalizer, Sam throws the bathwater out but keeps the baby. Charlie navigates a new year, a new school and a new body. And we chat to award-winning food blogger and photographer Donna Krauss about her new book, A Healthier Family for Life. Hello. Hello. Happy New Year <laughs> to you. Yes, at the end of January, early February, Happy New Year to you too. You know our rule on this show, January is a date and the year starts in February. Exactly, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's January is, it's just crazy. And it only starts like on the 10th because that's when school starts and then you've got to navigate all of that. It's it's too much. Yeah, it's ridiculous. For me, it's it's just like a burner you know how the first flapjack, you know, you've got to... Yes, it's like, yeah, the first one's always a flop. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So is is this why you've thrown the bathwater out? Because of your January being a dad? The bathwater is... So you normally throw the baby out with the bathwater and I can't yes. throw my babies out. I kind of have to keep them. <laughs> kind of ha- have to, but what I am throwing out is anything I've ever tried to hold myself to with regard to parenting. <laughs> I Stay like tuned. that. Fuck yes. everything I've I've ever learned <laughs> or have educated myself on. I have or kids. led yourself to believe. <laughs> yeah, I have kids, and we need to enjoy ourselves during this time. By which I mean, my husband, dear old husband Ray, has um, entered into a COVID bubble. He doesn't have COVID, but he's working literally like ten kilometers away from our home, normally he would be doing this project uh, from home, going out to do his work and coming back daily. But because he is working with a professional sports team, he is in a bubble with them. So he's in a hotel very close to our house and traveling from the hotel to Wanderers Stadium. To the site for shooting and then back to the hotel. Exactly. And that is how we are navigating this. I am solo parenting as always uh, and I don't want to complain too much because we entered into this decision as a couple and it's okay. This is our (laughs) – well, we had no no choice. Work is work but it's – you know, you I, knew you knew what it was going to be, I, and yeah. so you it's what you signed up for, and so you'll take it. It's the nature of a beast. However, <laughs> it doesn't make it any less hard. Exactly, but you know, I've I've and so I've had three weeks now, uh, three weekends as well without Ray, with the babies at home, um, and I, I want your to, birthday and my birthday. I, I want to just for th- those who are new listeners or who need to be reminded, our kids have grown since we started this podcast. <laughs> my eldest, Elijah, who was seventeen months or sixteen months when we started this podcast, is now five. Noah mm. is fifteen months, going on twenty-two. 
Jace was six months old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah sorry, you were saying, but going on. No, so so yeah, we'll yeah. When I suppose when you talk about your new year, new school, new body, let's let's talk Josh and Jace. So that's that's where yeah. I'm at with with my kids. We and we've been navigating solo parenting from from then. I'm navigating this this new not new normal. But I've I've had ideas about how I want to parent, and um, obviously we learn as we go with this podcast. But I've just I don't know. I've taken. Need I remind you? Mm -hmm. Need I remind you of the Sam who was going to have cloth nappies for her firstborn (laughs) newborn. Yes. The cloth nappy, Sam. <laughs> there was a cloth nappy. Sam, look, I'm an A-type personality. I like to do things by the book. I like to do things perfectly. I like to do things eco-friendly. I'd like to do things um, as healthy as possible. I like to, you know, and that, that eliminate all the rules, you know. What rules? We've got so many rules that we have to follow. And we try and debunk these myths or call bullshit on everything that society expects us to do and yet I still have a list of ideals in my head you know so if Elijah is playing games all day long then or if he's been on the the Nintendo for two hours during Noah's nap then I try and get him off of it and um, it's not often a fight but he's grouchy after that and it's just uh, mm. navigating all of this stuff alone is just so much worse you know trying to go mm. out to the park as a family and getting him away from his Nintendo cool that's doable doing it solo not as doable and mm. so I, I I think we fought and there was a lot I'm dealing with a lot of emotions with dad being away because now Elijah's a, not, a lot more cognizant of it and we f- we fought and had, you know, I was shouting and I lost my temper and there were lots of tears and it was just gross and not nice and it was stressful. It mm. is still stressful. But what I say when I throw the bathwater out is I don't want any advice, least of all from myself. Mm. I'm taking every moment as it comes and kind of trying to, where are we at right now? Are they tired? Are they hungry? Yeah. What's like the worst, what's the lesser of all of the evils currently in this very moment? Yeah. And in the back of your head, you're still trying to like have your mantra, I am a gentle parent, I'm a gentle parent, I'm a gentle parent. <laughs> Until I'm not a gentle parent. Until I'm raging and throwing yes. things. I even, yes. I, I rage. And I mean, this is a shame point for me. So I hesitate to say it, but I did lose my temper at one point And I threw Noah's walker. He's got a Fisher Price walker and I threw it off the stoop. And won't Noah recreate that moment over and over and over <laughs> again now? <laughs> Mommy, look. You know what? Mommy, look. That's a- and then he takes it and he throws it and he goes, oh, oh, and he covers his mouth. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I'm just like, yeah, mommy did bad. That's, mommy that's actually sorry. so hilarious. I'm sorry that I'm laughing. I'm not <laughs> laughing at you, but I'm laughing at the – uh, a while ago when I did that um, six-week gentle parenting um, uh, workshop. With the Conscious it's Parenting so, Association. Uh, yeah. Yes, with the Conscious Parenting Association. It's hilarious to me that you're telling me this story because it is, it's something that in that workshop became apparent to me what I must look like to my children <laughs> when I behave in this way. Like they must yeah. be like, what the Oh, she's, is she's going gone full on. on demon, yeah. 
And it must seem to them who are not quite kind of, they're not in the same place as you. To them, it must seem quite comical. Like, whoa, mom's going crazy. Look at her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, just this weekend, so I'm navigating, looking at it at, as a triage situation. Noah has been teething for two weeks. I call bullshit and people say that teething happens over one to two days. It doesn't. We have been teething for two weeks. Everything is coming mm. out. His mouth is raw. His mouth looks like mincemeat. And the sleep hasn't been great. And he, I mean, he really had terrible fevers over this weekend. He's obviously gotten an infection as well and is sick uh, because his mm. body's at a low. And um, so it was a struggle. And Elijah sat in front of Lego, I kid you not, the whole weekend, which is not the worst thing. But of course, mm. doesn't my mind go to, but he hasn't had, he's had zero exercise. He hasn't been outside. He hasn't left the house. Oh my God. Why are you putting that on yourself? Oh, not anymore. I'm throwing the bath water out. This is what I'm trying to Good. tell you. Fuck Cheers, this. I'm bath throwing water. the bath out. water. And the weekend before out. that, when I, the weekend that I threw the Fisher Price Walker, I then put. Elijah, who was at that stage in tears and crying, I put him on the phone with his dad. I was like, talk to him. Otherwise, he disappears. You know, no one will ever see Elijah again. And then I actually shouldn't joke about this shit in the current climate. But, you know, I, I put Elijah on the phone with his dad so that we could both take, get some distance from each other. And I thought, I don't know what to do. I'm putting them in the car and we're going for a drive. And snotty nose, and as my kids were, I took them to the closest McDonald's. And I know that you'd believe me when I say this, but I, probably a lot of other listeners wouldn't. And it's uh, fortuitous that we're talking about food today, Charlene. For the first time yeah. ever, I took my kids through a McDonald's drive-thru. Turns out Elijah fell asleep. He missed the whole experience. I got no, Elijah an ice cream. Noah had the, I knew he wouldn't finish it. So Noah had the rest of Elijah's ice cream. He was all like, why the fuck Noah's looking at me? Why the fuck did I, am I not getting an ice cream? And I'm just like, you're not getting your own one. You will get the rest of your brother's one. Yes. yes. And I got them Happy Meals because I couldn't have been bothered to have thought about any food that night. So for the first, and it reset everything. It's really strange that now we're talking about living healthier <laughs> But I'm saying how McDonald's saved the moment for me. And that is a yes. – I'm gathering these tools in my toolkit so that when I need to – and we all need a reset. That day, water didn't work. Going outside didn't work. All the usual resets I need for my family didn't work. Mm. So I lumped them in the car and I took them through the McDonald's drive through And that is what I will do in future. So, yeah, that's – Part of the bathwater that I'm throwing out is never going to McDonald's and never letting my kids have a happy meal. That is more a personal mm. thing than, you know, putting shits into my kids at this point. It's it's really just I don't – I'm not a fan. Sorry, McDonald's. But I've never been a fan. However, now I am because just the experience of taking my kids through a drive through and getting them a treat through the window worked. Well, in case, in case what you're saying about McDonald's, well, I hear you on this experience and I'm happy that you managed to find a, a, a decoy and that you managed one of many. to survive that situation. One of many. That's okay. just the one that I'm, that I'm mentioning here. But yeah, no, and in case, no judges in case on that. Your, 
in case your very high standards of McDonald's, no no McDonald's and no drive-thrus with your children, is making any of our listeners feel shit about themselves. This is why I hesitate to mention <laughs> I, this. <laughs> I, I just want to let all of the listeners know that my children go to McDonald's probably thrice in one week. <laughs> so don't feel shit because it takes all kinds to make a world. And if it means I'm going to get them to shut up then and my d- daughter can stop shouting, I want a happy meal. I want a happy meal. I, repetitively, I will give her a damn happy meal three times a day if I have to, because pick your battles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let me just, that was delayed. But well deserved. Mm. New year, new school, new body, go. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot that I can say about this, but in in short, this year I have not managed to get a handle on it. I, we're like well into this year, and I know our philosophy is just January doesn't count. But I ended my year last year very focused, very organized, and I felt on top of things, and I didn't really fall off anyway. I was kind of just still ticking all the boxes and going about things, but I feel like I'm not getting a handle on this yet. I keep feeling like I'm on the back foot. Something happens. I'm like, shit, I didn't anticipate that. Damn, I wasn't ready for that. Or, and then I find myself scrambling to feel organized. So yeah, I don't know. I'm not off to a good start with this new year, not just with what the kids, the kids stuff, but also with my work and my own goals and whatever. But it's fine. I also having had a bloody stomach bug last week and it's difficult to just get on top of things and um, I'm missing emails and you know, you know, when you feel like, Oh damn, I missed that. Oh damn. I dropped the ball. Yeah. It feels overwhelming. And then I'm just reminded of I haven't, I haven't been working out. I haven't eaten as well as I wanted to. It just, and then it spirals out of control and it messes with me mentally. So I think added to the fact that I'm feeling on the back foot with this new year, I moved the children to a new school purely because Joshua had to start grade R and he had finished to the highest level in his last school. So there wasn't grade R where he was going. And um, we had decided for our family that it is best to move both children even though Jesse could still go to the old school, logistically the two schools are too far apart. And also I felt like it would be a better transition for both of them if they had each other um, Mm. to go through it together. But also we chose schools based on not being able to go to these schools and having discussions and interviews with Uh, teachers and getting an idea for the culture of the schools. I did my research. I got all the recommendations I possibly could get. My neighbor's children and very many people that I know in my circles, their children either currently attend or have attended this school. It came highly recommended. So we went with the school and now we are just in a weird place where we're still adjusting as parents to what the one school was and what the new school is and the different ways they do things. And then I have a ton of other questions, which I think is a podcast on its own to talk about because of schools, value systems, things that they implement, the school's history um, what they stand for, how they approach sports events, for example. And I'm overanalyzing a lot here, but these are the things that are my reality. And so aside from me, trying to adjust to this new school. 
the kids are still adjusting. And so drop off every morning is challenging. They've got to get up earlier for school. It's a whole new routine. And there's still a lot of resistance with drop off. I mean, I can see that it's getting better each week and it's not persistently bad, you know, but there is still some resistance and still some tears and the separation anxiety is a thing. And then I guess the last part of my uh, update is the new body last year. For those who, who, who don't know, and we'll get into a bit more detail. Um, I was, I had some health issues and I, I started um, uh, changing some things in my life. And uh, as a result, not to make this about weight, I am now 20 kilograms less than what I was um, less than a year ago, which is an adjustment in itself because things in your body and in your life, oddly enough, as simple as this might, as strange as this might sound, takes some getting used to. It's more than (laughs) one and larger, by the way. (laughs) it's true and if I might interject what we missed um, I don't want to spoil your thoughts but we missed you giving an update on how old your kids are so obviously Josh is now so yeah with the new school Josh is now grade R so he just turned six now in January and Jesse turned four this past December and when we started the podcast Jess was only six months old um, and there's two years gap between the two of them. So they were all, they were both very small. Josh hadn't even started school yet mm. at that point. So, yeah. Which takes our listeners and this podcast through this early motherhood with you. Mm. You know, so I'm newly in new motherhood with my second if we can look at it that way. It's a different kind of motherhood. Yeah, because you were like a one-kid parent and I was a two-kid parent, and yeah. which is now that you have two children, I'm sure you realize a very different ball it's game. very different. <laughs> and, and I'm still in nappies and you're not, you know? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I can't, it's hard to even remember that time for me now. And that, that I think ties in quite nicely with your sense of self, um, you have a different kind of body autonomy to what I do at this point. I'm still physically tied to my kid through breastfeeding and sleep. And while parenthood is no less difficult for you, things are very different. And yeah, we're in different spaces. So, yeah. yeah, in that respect, we're in very different spaces. So I, th- I think this it's a, a lot for me to think about, and I've been thinking about it also in relation to you and your journey, and correct me if I'm wrong, in that um, – your journey in in you and what you're what you're managing to accomplish now is it's just it's something that I can't fathom at this point because I am physically tied to my kids. But mm. so yeah, if you if you can carry on with your thoughts about your new your new body and sort of where you were because it started with a health scare for you, like mm. you mentioned last year, and it just it developed, and we're going to be talking about that a bit more today. I mean, our regular listeners or the or listeners who have listened to any of the episodes in in the past, we of our episodes that we uh, have aired in the past, my uh, my body or my my body image or my relationship with my body, it's like a recurring thing. I've I don't think I've ever been happy in my body in my entire life until I'd say now. Um, which is quite, I mean, that's a, that's a big mental shift, you know, but I think what sparked or what, what was like a catalyst for me was last year, January. Um, for those who do know this, if I'm repeating myself, I'm sorry for those who don't, 
I felt ill. I felt tired. I felt the lethargic. Um, I had been diagnosed with depression. And on top of that, last year, January, I started getting severe stomach ache. I'd always had some kind of um, irritation in my bowel or stomach ache or bloatedness or general malaise. And then it just, it got so severe one day that I had to quickly go down the road to the GP. And it turned out it was a tumor that had grown and it had grown so big that it twisted my ovary right around and that then uh, hemorrhaged and I had to have an emergency operation. And I kept trying to People kept asking me in these discussions about this happening, like, how did you not feel that? Like, how did you not know that? And to be honest, if I then I started taking stock and I was like, I guess I did know something was wrong because I would I never felt well. Never mind what I was doing, even if I was trying to exercise and and I just put it down to depression and bad diet, depression and bad diet. And the truth is, if I was living healthier. If something is out of whack in my body, I would be able to identify it very easily because, oh my gosh, I have a headache. I wonder what's wrong. I had chronically been suffering with headaches, so I couldn't really say what's wrong because I have a headache every day. Um, I have a stomachache every day, so I can't really say that I'm unwell because that's just my every day, you know. And the only way to change that for me was, was to kind of try and live healthier and see if that changes how I feel so that if something, any kind of malaise happen, I'm like, Ooh, hold up. Something's wrong. Let's investigate. What did I do differently? Or how do I fix that? And the problem with being depressed and being tired all the time and being overweight, uh, it it's like a, it's like a snowball effect and it causes you to be lethargic and have hardly any energy, which just makes you want to, do less things and you're less active. And then it's just like a vicious circle repeating itself. Okay. So it wasn't, I, I was uncomfortable in my body. I didn't like the way I looked and I didn't like the way I felt aside from the fact that I was feeling sick. And so I started by taking medication for my depression. And once the fog started lifting, I was like, okay, well, now that I have a bit more energy and I feel a little bit less like I hate myself, I actually would like to try and see if I can live a little bit healthier. And it was predominantly, I will admit, a weight loss journey for me because as much as I'll be judged for, for this statement, I wanted to be thin. I wanted to look in the mirror and consider myself a thin person. I wanted to wear a certain size jeans and I wanted to feel when I am in a photo next to other people, I don't want to be the biggest one in the photo always, you mm -hmm. know, and it's just the way I view myself. And it's such a weird statement to make because I have many, I know many people in my life of different shapes and sizes, and that's not how I look at them. And it's what I keep saying to you. You know, God, so why do I look at yeah. myself? Look, I'm sure if I had seen you, once I saw you in person, I would have gone, okay, she's lost weight. <laughs> I'm not an idiot and I'm not blind. However, Charlene only told me, listeners, a month after embarking on this journey, how much weight she's, she'd lost and that she had started it and that she was doing this. Uh, and we've spoken we had seen each other, I think, and if not in person, then we had seen each other on 
camera video. On, on video on zoom and i think especially for loved ones in your life when you love someone when you have a friend you see yourself in a certain way and you don't and i've told you this many times before i do not you or always look the same to me yeah. i can't i am looking at you now now i'm really paying attention i wouldn't have known if you were wearing makeup today or not because yeah. you are beautiful to me you are my friend this is not just lip service you are beautiful to me in the same way no matter what size you are and i think yeah. this is the difficult thing and why it's difficult to navigate this kind of discussion is because it seems like a judgment on other people. Yes, because now if I'm looking at myself and I say, oh my God, I'm so fat, I really don't like to look this way. What am I saying to other people who are bigger who than you? Like Perhaps. me or, or bigger than me? Or, you know, what, what does that say about my opinion about their yeah. physical appearance? It's such so a difficult discussion to navigate. It's, it's hard to have this conversation. And this conversation today is not about weight. But what I want to say, and the reason we're talking about this, and we're going to go into details about health and healthy eating and, 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 is because this is my, this is my testimony of my journey and how it started for me. And it has been a long time coming with self-acceptance and self-loathing. And part of the reason I was depressed was because I could not accept myself for who I was. And it comes back from when I was a little girl, when adults would say things to me like, oh, you've got such a pretty face. You're such a pretty girl. You just never put on weight. You know, that's the kind of thing that, that people say, not realizing how it affects you. And you don't even realize how it affects you. So I was unhealthy and I wanted to be healthier. And I was like, I would also like to be a different shape. So if I could, if I could achieve both those goals, it would be fantastic. And I started off by motivating myself with just think about how good you're going to feel. Just think about how good you're going to feel whenever it's hard, whenever you wake up and you don't want to do a workout, just think about how good you're going to feel. And some days it wasn't just about how good you're going to feel. Some days it was about just think about those jeans you want to get into. Just think about wearing a <laughs> bikini you want to get into, you know. And, and I use different things to motivate me on different days. And I don't know exactly where it happened. But I think it was somewhere around the 12 kilogram mark when I had dropped about 12 or 13 kilograms. I, I had to start doing less of that. And I realized how I was fueling my body for energy. Mm -hmm. It wasn't so much. I mean, I, chose, I still checked what happened on the scale. It was still, I had a specific plan and a specific goal in mind. And I remember in my fifth week of having started this, I felt particularly demotivated because the scale hadn't moved and I was PMSing and, and I, there's the support group that I'm part of. And I read something interesting and I was like, I thought to myself, what I'd read there, they said that it's, well, not what you do like on occasion that makes the difference. It's what you do consistently that brings change. And what was the change that I was looking for? And I had to, I had to revisit my why. Mm. And I realized my why was health. Mm. My why was I want to be able, I don't want my kids to look at me. It was, that was always part of my why, but it wasn't my only why. 
And it somehow became my only why, because I didn't want my kids to look at me and be like, that isn't going to take you to the park because mommy's got a headache or mommy's feeling ill again, or let mommy have a lie down because she's not feeling so well today. Imagine how scary it must be for a little child to constantly worry about their parents' health. That is not a worry that my children should have. And it is my responsibility to ensure that they don't have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my why. That eventually became my why. And before I knew it, I, I was 20 kilograms less and I was sleeping better. I was, my skin was looking better. I felt more energized and I just was a positive, more positive person overall. And then people started saying to me, yes, like Charlene, which, which is something I also have to navigate and talk, talk about. Yeah. So actually maybe let's get there because as we've, as we've traversed this year and um, we're in a new year now, we started with your tumor and that didn't end there. It no, did, yeah, because I had COVID. You had COVID. We navigated other health issues, depression. Both of us then, depression, fatigue, burnout. You had COVID. <laughs> um, and it's, it's, an, it's an ongoing thing. This is a hamster wheel that we're never going to get off. So this is why we're going to carry on with this um, into this week's discussion. Please remember, what we say on this podcast can only be considered the gospel on planets Sam and Charlene, respectively. Our kids and husbands can be assholes and angels at the same time. And only we're allowed to say so. And lastly, by virtue of the fact that we are women and it comes naturally to us, we reserve the right to change our minds and or contradict ourselves whenever we so choose. And we don't want to hear a damn thing about it. Hashtag no judges. Okay, so let's move. Let's not move on from there. Let's continue to talk about this because I think it's it's important. What did you not want to touch on, but you've got to get into it? There was something that that we were you were getting into. So you know, it started off as a very personal journey, and then just like my own demons that I was fighting, and then I think also post COVID, we had COVID in July, and then in August, I um I was I saw a photo of myself, and I was just like I hate looking like this and it and it was it was layered it wasn't just about the way I looked it was about what that body represented that person represented and I was I was convinced that if I was healthier in my body then I would be less susceptible to all sorts of little ailments and maybe I wouldn't have gotten so severely ill when I got COVID if I hadn't um been as unhealthy as I was. And the unhealthiness stemmed from, from like constantly eating my emotions throughout lockdown and, and beyond that. So there was a lot that I had to work through and I'm still working through psychologically. I mean, there is no quick fix to this, this thing, but people started saying to me, geez, actually, and you've lost so much weight, which is also a weird thing for me oh, to navigate yes, currently. That's, that's the thing. Because- yeah. Cause, and we've <laughs> chatted about this, about people commenting on your body and how also, which stops me as one of your good friends from, I'll be honest with you. I don't think you're going to fail. I don't see it as that, but were you two from now, something happened. Put the weight back on. Or, or not put even some all of, it, of the weight put back some on. some of it on. Or I don't want you to, for me to praise you 
constantly throughout this journey for the way that you look mm-hmm. only. You're a success in mm. my eyes and I love you more. This is what I feel is the input in when you praise people for losing weight. I love you more now that you look this way and then you feel even shitter about yourself when the about yourself yes if you if you so called fa- in in little fingers inverted commas <laughs> fail yeah because and i don't and, want and you, you to think one, that i love you less for being because, a different size exactly because now already, because one's eating habits and emotional eating, which is what I suffer from, and it's no, that's not the case for everyone. I mean, there's insulin resistance, there's a lot, there's diabetes, there's a whole bunch of things that can contribute to your weight, which we know, and we're no health, I'm not a health expert. But for me, my what I learned about myself was my emotional eating and that my psychological relationship with food was purely based on emotion. And then I am, I never used to be a very active person. And so in my mind, love and acceptance comes from the way you look and your appearance, which is why my whole life I've always wanted to be thin or I wanted to remain thin and I beat myself up and then became depressed because I put on weight. So it's a vicious circle. And so I had to now get used to people noticing and I almost feel, I mean, it's something you're going to notice. You're like, you you do look different, okay? And people's knee-jerk reaction is to praise you for it because obviously they want to know lots of people are battling with weight, especially in the beginning of the year, new me, new everything. We want to wipe the slate clean. We want to be healthier, fitter, whatever, whatever, whatever. And people ask like, gosh, what, what have you been doing? Or geez, like you've lost a lot of weight, like severe reactions, and I don't know how to respond to that because, and I always thought I would love it. I, I always thought I would love when people react that way because I've done this work and all I've ever wanted was to be thinner, you know? Yeah. And now that it happens, I feel so awkward when people do. I, I also, I think it's also in the way you say it, but some people have reached out and said, listen, I don't want to intrude or make you feel uncomfortable, but I'm really inspired by what you've achieved here. And I've been feeling so unhealthy in my body. I've been feeling so tired. Would you mind sharing with me what you have navigated? Because I really am tired of feeling the way I feel. And I cannot tell you that to me. That's the rewarding part there. One, that was of, such the, one a, of the rewarding things. About that it. was such a reward that I didn't expect because mm. I never thought that my little demons that I've been fighting can actually inspire someone to want to change their life and maybe feel a little bit healthier. And if anything, it's actually kept me going because I feel not responsible. I mean, that's not a mental and emotional load you want to put on yourself well, um, because it's not, I feel accountable. And it, it reminds me also that I am capable of putting myself first and choosing myself because mm. that's what I did. I chose myself more than I, something I haven't really actually done for myself ever because I used to only ever judge myself and hate myself and spew venom about the way I looked and believed that. And it's so weird because my husband, someone, you know, someone said to me, gosh, now that you look this way, your husband must be so pleased. 
I cannot believe that someone said that to me. And I was just, I didn't know how to respond to that because I don't know. I've only ever known my husband to love me (laughs) the way I was. fucking unconditionally. He loves you. He loves you. He loves Charlene. And he's never seen you as anything less than a fucking goddess. I, I know really your know husband, how- so I just, I, that is <laughs> so insensitive. I didn't really know how to respond to that, but I did, it did, after it sunk in, it did, it did spark something with me. And I thought, my gosh, I don't know this person very well, so I can't really make an assumption or draw conclusions here, but it must be really hard to live with that pretext mm. in your life that you are only loved if you look a certain way. And that, it occurred to me in that moment that, Charlene, you only loved yourself. If you, you, you were only, you were determined to only love yourself if you looked a certain way. And I'm telling you now, that mental burden makes our bodies ill. It, it's about health. You, you carry that, that, that mental illness. It makes your body feel sick. It weighs you down. I've got something to say on on this, and I hope I'm not digressing, but it's made me trigger that. And what, what you've said right now is – so before I say what I want to say, what you've said right now I feel is super powerful because I'm just like coming up for it. Like, hang on, that man will love you at at whatever size, no matter – like it doesn't matter to him what you weigh. I know that for mm. a fact. I can see it. And mm. it's ins- that was an ins- that's insulting if anybody knows you – and you guys as a couple. Uh, secondly, what I want to say is it, through your journey and as we've been chatting about it, um, you know, off offline and just amongst uh, each other, it has become apparent to me, as it always does, how much people lack emotional intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it, you know what? It's mm. actually sad. You can't even actually... You can't actually even blame people because I think people just don't, they don't think. You know what? I think very key is don't comment on someone's weight, whether it's they're bigger or smaller. Just don't do it. Yeah, I I do agree with that. I do agree with that because having, I never understood that, but having having gone through this recent experience, it is, it's a difficult uh, thing to navigate. And so it's probably, you don't know. I mean, what if someone, what if you comment on someone's weight thinking you want to, you want to congratulate them on some hard work that they've obviously been doing because society's opinion is if you, if you've lost weight, you are working on yourself and you're on a good run when that person might be losing weight because Mm. they're ill. Mm. You don't have to say something, just hold back. So what I wanted to say, and uh, based on what, what where you left off is, we even, I wouldn't say argued, but you were pressing me at one point, and not too much, I'm not, I'm not going there, but you were saying, Sam, just go on antidepressants. I was not in a good mm. space f- for many months last year, and it came and went, and, but there were several times that I was in a dark space postpartum, and I had been on antipsychotics with, Elijah and coming off of them was terrible and I didn't want to repeat it with Noah who is the baby that I had in 2020 and 
And so I thought, I'm aware, I'm seeing a therapist and I want to navigate this without intervention, also because I'm, I'm breastfeeding. And so I did, I kept a tight line with my therapist and my doctors and a very close check on my mental health. And I've got to say, and I'm, I'm not going to say I'm out of it, but I have to say this, that accepting my emotions, I'm feeling dark right now, I'm feeling depressed, keeping check that it didn't last longer than two weeks, it rarely ever lasted longer than two days, to be honest, noticing when it, uh, my emotions came and went with my cycle, and then, most importantly, changing the way I ate and exercising. That was something that my health team, my doctors and my therapist said when I, I kept coming back and saying, shouldn't I be on medication? And they kept saying to me, remember what you said you wanted and that's have you used all of your resources, which in mm. healthy living and in having clarity of mind includes healthy eating and exercise. And mm. they kept reminding me of that and they're like have you used up all your resources have you been for a run no mm -hmm. it's been a week since i've been for a run and then you on i mean i hadn't had a chance i was uh, elijah had covid in december and so whole of december i felt like i was in a type of lockdown and i wasn't in a great space after christmas and you said let's go for coffee and i went i don't fucking want to actually go for coffee i don't want to carry on talking about this and then you said or let's go for a workout and i was like yeah, yeah, okay. Mm. And I'm not going to say I was a huge workout bunny since then, but that was the start of a new workout regime. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you got me started on that. And it definitely makes a difference. And I know that we sound like broken records and probably for someone in a dark space, having someone preach healthy living and exercise is not helpful. But I don't know how else to say it, Charlene, other than that's the bare bones of it. Exactly, because I'm not trying to sit here and tell our listeners that if you just make a couple of healthy changes in your life, you will in no time, because it's not linear. It's not simple like that. But what I can tell you is that from my experience, what I put into my body, what I listen to, what I tell myself, what I put into my mouth, what I believe about myself, those things all add up. And can I tell you, I've been on a sugar binge this last week. I, and that's why I'm also, I'm hormonal, I'm emotional, but being aware of where I am in my cycle, being kind to myself and being forgiving and seeing every new day as a new opportunity to start afresh, start afresh and the sugar binges that I've been on, it's like a drug. It is like a drug. It's like when you go on a binge drink spree and you're like, you've forgotten all your problems. It's made you feel better for a little bit. And now you're hungover and you're bearing the, the, the results of your bad decisions. And you hit a mental dip and you're just like, why did I do that to myself? And then you start feeling a little bit more depressed. And you're like, I feel like I want to drink again. I just feel like I want to go for a party so I can feel better. That is me and sugar currently. Well, that was me last week and sugar today is a brand new day ladies and gentlemen <laughs> and sugar's so, the ex-boyfriend you should never have gotten into a relationship with in your early 20s 
Exactly. And if I put sugar into my body, it makes me depressed. I feel lethargic. I feel the self-loathing coming again. It all happens in a vicious circle. So I think there's no miracle cure. There's no miracle advice. What I think I'm, I'm trying to communicate here is I'm a real person and Sam is a real person and we fucking struggle on a good day. We battle. But what I've learned about myself is that if today I can muster a walk from here to the park, even if it's just there and back and not a walk around in the park, then I'm going to get up and do that because it's one small thing I can do for me to get the blood flowing. If today all I can manage is to make the decision to try and not have six chocolate chip biscuits and have three instead, then that is what I can do for me today. Mm -hmm. And so I think it all begins with one, literally one small change a day to choose you, just choose you. Just choose you with one small step. And that day that I told you, do you want to go for coffee? Do you want to talk about it? And I thought to myself, you know what? If I was Sam, I probably am so tired of talking about it. And all I do if I talk about it is I just feel more sad about the situation that I'm in. So what makes me feel better is to just get the blood flowing. And I need to work out. And all I can do is ask. Maybe she wants to go for a brisk walk and we can do that together. And that's what we did. And it, it was nice for me because I got my workout in and I got to see you. Mm, it was like a thank you. I don't know if I thanked you enough for that. And you've, <laughs> you've been an inspiration to me, to many other people. I do want to repeat that I will love you and see, see you the same at any size. And that's the, that's the same for our listeners or our friends and family. It's, it's, it's not about you guys. It's not about you, Charlene. You know, mm. it's, 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 it's about me and my personal journey. So when you think that someone's judging you for the way that you look, it's really probably not the case. <laughs> and it's so just, when, when you go on a diet, it's not because you're going, shit, I don't want to pick up as much weight as Sam did uh, in this year that she had a human, that she grew a human and had a baby. You know, like exactly. how did, these are the things that I'm thinking. Like, is she, not, not that I thought that, but, you know, you tend no, to. But anyone could fall into that trap because you are such a, you're your own hardest critic. So you start internalizing and start assessing, shit, if, if, she's, if she's getting a handle on things, what does that say about what, me? And does she what, think that I'm, uh, I, you know, don't have my shit together because I still haven't, quote unquote, lost the baby weight? No. Okay, I didn't think that, but it is so easy. It's possible to fall for into someone to think if, of that. If right? your yes. close friend is on a health journey and you aren't, it's very easy to fall into a trap of thinking that she's doing it at you or as a result of you. And that's just in close friendships, yeah. Exactly. Rick always says other people's opinion of me is none of my business. Exactly. And it's true. It is other people's opinion of me is none of my business. What my opinion of me is the most important. And my opinion of me is that I could live a healthier life. And that's important to me. So on that, I want to say, and I don't want to harp too much on this because this is not my forte. Okay. Healthy living. And that has been my forte for, for a while and working out. I'm not an expert, but I'm something that interests me. But speaking about fat phobia and diet culture, while valid, is not my forte, so I don't want to act like I know what I'm talking about. But I did see a lot of influencers crop up with very valid commentary around 
our bodies were made or clothes are made to fit our bodies and not the other way around. So you should never try and fit into a particular size. You should never try and fit into society's expectation of beauty, which is a social construct, etc. I understand that theory and I'm not invalidating it. And I don't, I, I would hate to assume, I would hate for anyone to assume that with this episode, we are undervaluing that movement. So I just wanted to put that out there because yeah, I, yeah. I, there's no room here, people, for shame and guilt. If 100%. I can let that be the bottom line. We need to speak our yeah. truths. We need to say where our journeys have taken us. And so that is just – this is just us speaking our truths. None of this is directed at you. Um, so if you're made to feel bad in any way, I, that is not our intention. This is not to guilt or shame anyone for being any particular size. It's actually not even about being a size. Yes, exactly. It happened to It happened to start out for me that way. But it's a very personal, like I have my head so far up my own ass kind of uh, <laughs> viewpoint that I cannot even see anything beyond how negatively I viewed myself. Yeah. So, so food, food is not at the center of this, nor is weight really. But wellness and well-being is. That said, in the way that we are and who we are as parents, food is a reality in our lives. And feed, and so is feeding our families. Exactly, because now I'm on this at home. Now I'm on this. I'm on this health journey, and mommy makes food, specific food, and they, they, I mean, they, the kids will say, "Mommy, would you like this?" or "Can we have that?" or and I, I decline. I'm like, "No, thanks." Mommy doesn't really like to eat that because it's not good for my body. It's not healthy. Or mommy, mommy's trying to cut out sugar. How do I educate my kids mm. what I'm doing? Because all they're hearing is when I talk to my husband and I'm talking to people is mom doesn't eat that or mommy is fasting now, or she is not eating until such time. They're hearing this language. So what is happening at home around food? And if my plate of food looks different to their plate of food, mom, if you're saying your food is healthy, does that make my food unhealthy? And why are we eating two different meals? Or am I making the same they're like hating it and I'm forcing it down their throats. Like what is happening with that dynamic at home? Mm, it's difficult. And I don't think that we are qualified, Charlene, to talk no, about no. this. 100% I am not. And this is why <laughs> we are bringing in an expert. Our guest today is a Zim-born South African living in, wait for it, Jersey, as in Channel Islands Jersey. More importantly, Sam, she's an award-winning blogger and a food photographer, as well as the first ever Nikon ambassador for food photography. She's also a wife and mom to two girls and now an author of a book that's described as a high five to all parents trying to create interesting and exciting dishes for the family. Which makes this foodie our best bet at getting our families fed in the healthiest way possible. Welcome, Donna Kraus. Hello, hello. Hi, ladies. What a great intro. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> it's such a pleasure to have you on the show to help us out with this uh, healthy living thing. It's much easier said than done with kids, especially. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, let's see what we can, let's see what wisdom we can impart to everybody today. So we're going to start with a question that's 
not food related, but it's something that we ask all our guests, especially the mom guests, and that's who calls you mom? Um, all three of my family members. That's my two daughters and my husband. Um, I've got a 24-year-old daughter, Gemma, 20, nearly 21-year-old daughter, Kyra, and then my husband, Derek. And he calls you mom too? Wow. He calls, everybody calls me mom because <laughs> I feed them. Yeah, I think as long as you feed them, they call your mom. (laughs) That's true. Well, look, also not food related, but I'd love to know more about your life in Jersey. How did this come about? It it feels like a a dream, sort of something that you that you read about in books or watch about in movies, but you you don't Uh, know anybody who lives there. You know, tell us. Yeah, it looks like pictures in a book, or like literally some some town you'd see featured in a movie. Yeah, no, it is insanely beautiful. So we've only recently moved here. We moved here about six months ago, seven months ago. Seven, nearly eight years ago, we moved to Surrey in the UK. We moved to a little town called Godalming. And we were there for, yeah, like I said, seven, nearly seven and a half years. And um, a very, we were kind of deciding that we weren't going to stay there forever. We knew it wasn't a forever place. And we wanted to be somewhere near the sea, somewhere kind of a little bit more exotic and exciting. And a very, very good friend of mine, in fact, one of my best friends, actually moved to Jersey. In fact, ladies, I think you might know her, um, Meg Fora. Yes. Yeah, so Meg Fora uh-huh. is actually a very close friend of mine. Okay. She moved to Jersey. And um, we used to pop over, Derek and I, we used to pop over and come and visit Phil and Meg. And it was just, there was just a moment where we just said, you know what, this is actually where we want to be. It's near the water. It's a great little island. Loads of South Africans here, actually. And yeah, this was just, we just felt that this was the next phase in our lives. And both um, our daughters were out of the house at that stage. And we just felt that this was now the most exotic, exciting place that we wanted to be. And we absolutely love it. It's just such a great little place. No way. Loads happening. We chatted with Meg uh, last year around about this time as well. Hello, Meg, if you're listening. And yeah, that <laughs> it looks idyllic. Even if even yeah. if you have kids, your kids aren't out the house. Just if if my eldest Elijah could be could live at the beach, then he'd be a, a happy chappy sort of yeah. all year round. Absolutely, <laughs> it's nice and organic. It's it's quite it's a lot slower than the than the busy life we had in Surrey. And it's just, yeah, perfect for kids, perfect for families, uh, perfect for for us in our next phase of our lives where we don't have kids around as much. In fact, well, I do have kids now. They've all come back. But it's just, it's a great place for anybody, really. So you should come over and say hello. Come during the summer when it's nice and warm and hot. I just saw an article when I Googled before we um, before this meeting. It said, visit Jersey on a budget. I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, thumbnail that one for later to read. <laughs> Definitely, you must. Cue our travel podcast, Charlene. Watch this Exactly. Space. TGE <laughs> travels to Jersey. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's get, let's get on to the food, the food stuff. So you started a blog, Donna, um, 8020 Nutrition. And this is what's gotten this ball rolling is what I'm assuming. So mm-hmm. what inspired you to get started? And more importantly, what inspires you to keep this blog going? So when we moved to the UK, I, I actually, I have to go back a little bit. I started, um, I met my husband. I was working in Investec Bank. We were both very, very um, invested in work. We spent a lot of time working. I fell pregnant and I realized at that point I couldn't serve two masters. So I stopped working, had my children, 
at some point I thought I was going to go back to work and I never did. And we moved to the UK. Um, they went off to school and obviously the school hours are a lot longer in the UK. Derek was working. So I was kind of sitting at home, Norman, no mates. I didn't have anyone around, totally new country, new city, everything. And I really felt I had no skills. So I really felt I wanted to do something. And I loved cooking, loved baking, banting at that stage. I'd started a paleo diet and banting at that stage was really starting to become, gain some traction in South Africa. And a lot of my friends kept on asking me for recipes that I had made for my kids along the way. And I was constantly emailing out these recipes to everyone. And eventually I just thought, you know, I've got all this time on my hands. Let me just start a blog, make a central spot where everybody can go to, to get the recipes. And I don't have to constantly be emailing the same recipe out to everyone. And yeah, I mean, I literally, I sat with lynda.com and I learned how to build a WordPress um, site. And I literally went from pausing lynda.com to doing the next stage in my WordPress <laughs> website and then going back and starting it again and then doing the next step. And that's how I built it. And then I actually realized I didn't enjoy writing because, you know, blogging is time consuming, it's hard work, and I didn't mm. enjoy the writing part of it. And what actually really fired me up was the photography, photography side of it. So um, I decided to invest more time into teaching myself photography so that I could just have real banging pictures on the website instead of having to fill it with a whole bunch of blurb about what I'd done for the day. And yeah, and that's kind of where my photography started from. And I have to admit, the, the website is a bit old now, and I haven't been onto it. My career took off in terms of the photography and the recipe development, working with brands and working with um, larger companies. So very little time for blogging. Um, in fact, no time for blogging. But um, it, was a, it was just it's such a special time in my life, being able to put my words down, put my photographs on there, create what I wanted to create, and just do what I wanted to do. And yeah, blogging, uh, blogging will always have a special place in my heart. I love how all of this took off once your kids were pretty much, you know, older yeah. and self-sufficient and now out the house. Now you're an econ ambas ambassador. Your um, pictures are stunning. I love Thank the you. aesthetic. Um, and this all happened. I mean, it's very inspirational for moms of little people. I just had my 15 month old in here with a, a fever and, um, you know, just kind of wanting to throw in the towel on everything because I can't do everything. And yet this is so inspiring. Hey, Sam, slow down, simplify, because, you know, in years to come, look at Donna. I could I could be you. And that's not a bad position to be in if I do say so. <laughs> Donna, your youngest daughter, Kyra, is your health inspiration. Yeah, uh, you mentioned that on your blog, okay, albeit outdated, but this is about your new book, A Healthier um, mm -hmm. Family for Life, and uh, she is what you say is your inspiration when it comes to healthy living. So do, do you want to fill us in on that? Yeah, so um, I mentioned earlier that um, we'd started a paleo diet. So what had happened was I think in about 2010, my mom passed away from cancer, and that was a big awakening for me. I had, we had um, started to see that Kyra was really struggling with her weight. We now know years later that she was actually struggling with PCOS and insulin resistance. But at the time she was larger than her average classmate. She was being bullied at school. She was really, really struggling. 
And I'd had her at a dietitian who had her on a separate diet to the rest of us. And that was even more traumatic for her. And um, I, 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 I asked a very close family friend of ours, family member of ours, actually, who was a doctor. Um, she'd been down a medical journey, medical path, and she was on a healthy diet. And I just asked her if she could help us with it. And she made it very clear she would help us on condition that we all did it together, that she wasn't eating a separate diet to the rest of us. And I kind of looked at our family's health and we were all struggling. Gemma, my oldest, um, had really bad skin, um, had bad acne. She was also ADHD on Ritalin. My husband and I were putting on weights and we were just putting it down to middle-aged spread, a bit creaky bones in the morning, that kind of thing. And we were just like, oh, we're getting older. Um, and then obviously Kyra had her, her, her weight issues. So we started this diet and it was just it, it was just a revolution for us because we all started to benefit from it. And yeah, I mean, Kyra at that age was 11 or 12. She was 100% committed to it because she really wanted to change. And, um, you know, just the focus and her commitment to it was just so inspiring from such a young little person was just absolutely incredible. Um, she's now very, you know, I think she's learned a lot of health skills along the way for us now. It's definitely our health journey is definitely not weight focused. Our health journey is about being healthy, um, which is what we've learned along the way. And yeah, I mean, we still all follow different health diets. Um, Gemma's now vegan. Kyra now goes between low carb and just super healthy. And Derek and I still sort of fit a, a paleo kind of template diet. We're all gluten-free, dairy-free, and sugar-free. And that's what really brought, brought along the book was that we all just have these different diets and to try and bring interesting recipes into the family that we can all, all eat, which goes right back to the start of the story where we're all in it together. Nobody is sitting eating something different. And I think that's the principle of my book is that nobody should feel like they should be sitting eating a bowl of Brussels sprouts when everybody else is tucking into something really delicious. So it's about family members on different diets who are able to feel included. I love that you say it's about um, healthy living as opposed to weight loss. It's, you know, it's about what, you, what yeah. you're putting into your body in terms of um, the result of which is how you feel, you know, uh, because we're very careful here and in, in the current climate as well to be, um, you know, quote unquote fat phobic and to have that be the focus but what yeah. is so yeah. interesting to me is you mentioned Kyra was 11, 12, that she mm -hmm. was suffering uh, from PCOS and insulin resistance at such a young age is, is really, um, a, it's a red flag for all of us as parents to be like, hey, you know what, it starts now. Yeah, and you know, and it, and it was, oh, it's puppy fat, it's, you know, she's, she's heavier than others. And I think it was the bullying at school that really kind of made me want to try and sort it out. And, you know, we even we even discussed maybe we should move her to another school. You know, what what should we do? But at the end of the day, you know, I really felt that we had to address what the issue was. Mm -hmm. And it's been a long journey and it's still a journey and it's not easy. It's not simple. Um, and but, you know, she's she still struggles with it today, but she's really focused on what she eats and and her health journey particularly is really, is really interesting. And I think if you can see it as, a, you know, what we now know is that the weight was a symptom of other issues. 
Um, and instead of, as you say, addressing the weight, we had to address the other issues. And and that's where we are at the moment. Yeah. So it's it's been a long journey, like I said, but it's but it's, you know, we've just learned so much from it. And everything like this is a learning curve. I really like what you're saying about the whole family um being on board because I imagine amongst children it could seem like quite a bit of a punishment to like siblings who might not have the same health issues who now have to conform if I'm using these words yeah. in inverted commas who now have to conform to a specific eating plan or diet and and I mean it doesn't have to be a jail sentence that's what I love because it's about learning about healthy living. So it's not, yes, you might not suffer from the same health issues, but it's not going to hurt you to live healthier. If we all follow a healthy eating plan, it's about having healthy bodies, healthy minds and doing that together as a family. Yeah. I mean, that's what we discovered, like doing it all together as a family. We initially started it for Kyra, but we actually discovered that we all had our own health issues that we were dealing with that we didn't even know about. You know, and, you know, like I said, Gemma's skin started to clear up and, Mm. you know, and we just started to feel so good. And that's where we realized that actually that's what it was all about, is that we all Mm. had these little things that we were just living with. Um, And at the end of the day, it's 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 not it's not about what's showing on the scale. It's about how you feel when you wake up, your energy levels, all of these little things that just we started to suddenly feel and go, oh, wow, actually, we've suddenly got energy. And at five o'clock, we're not taking this, having this massive slump where we're looking Mm. for a bar of chocolate and a cup of coffee. You know, it was all of these little things that we suddenly realized were actually starting to change for us. Um, I never understood that. I never, well, I always heard people talk like that. I'm hearing what you're saying now. And I, I, I used to battle with my weight a lot. And I used to hear exactly that, you know, it's about, it's not about the weight for me. Once I started losing the weight, I felt so much better. And it was a lifestyle because I I didn't want to go back to feeling so sick all the time. And I could never quite understand that because I was overweight, but in my mind, I was like, I didn't really feel sick until I was healthier. I was like, I, I did feel sick. I realize now how much better I feel. Absolutely. And, you know, trying to bring it into a family with little children was actually also quite a challenge because mm. um, we obviously ate super healthy at home. But we, we did give it leeway. We did give them leeway. So when they went to parties, when they went to friends' houses, they slept out, they could have what they wanted to. That was, mm. It was open sesame. Go out and enjoy it. When you come home, when you're back under our roof, then we just stick to these rules and these guidelines. So, um, you know, we, it, it was really quite a challenge finding how we were going to navigate this um, in, in a modern world because let's face it, the kids at school are faced with a lot of processed food and unhealthy food and, and trying to make these changes was, was not easy. So, mm. again, that's where my recipe development kind of came into it because I felt that I always had to substitute for, for things. So, if there was a party at school, then Kyra would go to school with her lunchbox and I'd have her special cake or I'd have popcorn in there or a healthier alternative snack so that she could also sit down and have something when everybody else was having. Um, so, yeah, it was about navigating when to send food in with her, when she could have food with her friends at like at a birthday party or that sort of thing. But um, yeah, it's, it was just kind of trying to instill the values that everything in moderation really mm. um, at the end of the day. I mean, your blog is called 80-20 Nutrition. So I suppose 20% yeah. of the time, hey, you can. But then my question is, because I've noticed this with my five-year-old, when they did indulge, 
did you notice with your daughters that they went, ah, mom, it's not worth it? Yeah, that was exactly it. And as they got older, they would come home and they would say, you know what, I didn't actually even have the pizza because I know that my stomach is going to get sore afterwards if I have it. So, you know, that, that they had to discover themselves. I, you know, I could be, I could be authoritarian and say, you cannot have it. And then that they would just want it. Mm. Um, and they had to kind of discover themselves the, the impact of having it. And obviously having a healthier, um, ha- having healthier food at home when they did indulge, it would impact them even more. So it kind of stopped them from wanting to have, um, to, to overindulge. They would still have it, but they wouldn't overindulge. They wouldn't gorge themselves as much. Mm. Donna, I'm curious to know how um, being on a paleo diet um, and changing your lifestyle, more, more so than the paleo diet um, specifically, but changing your whole lifestyle, how did it impact on your personal body image as a wife, mom, woman? Well, I mean, as we were talking about earlier, as soon as you, you know, when you focus on the weight, it's, everything's just about the weight. And then when you start to focus on the health and, and being healthier, the weight is just the weight is just a symptom of of an unhealthy body. And if you start to focus on the healthier part of of getting up, being active, enjoying life, not going to the gym to lose weight, but going for a walk and going and seeing, um, finding beautiful walks and walking in the forests and walking on the cliff paths or wherever, and just enjoying that, the weight actually just becomes a symptom, and that starts to go. And suddenly, it's not the primary focus. And for me. That's when I realized when my energy levels started to change, when my skin started to glow, when everything started to change, I wanted to exercise, I wanted to go and do yoga, I wanted to do these things. It wasn't like I was slogging away desperately trying to lose weight. And I even got rid of scales because it's because you can feel, you can feel in your genes if you start to lose a bit of weight, things start to become more comfortable. And so for me, it was just, it just literally became a symptom of a healthier, um, of, of following a healthier diet. Um, yeah. So now for me, it's, it's actually not even about what the weights, what, what shows on the scales. It's mm. all about for me, just how I feel, what my, where my energy levels are and where my family are, you know, in terms of what they're doing. So we're here to chat about instilling those healthier habits in our homes. Your book is called A Healthier Family for Life, after all. So what is your philosophy about balancing all of this? Because uh, Shalina and I chat about this a lot. I mean, Shalina's called bullshit on balance, (laughs) in fact. (laughs) So moms have so many plates to juggle. We desperately want to get it all right. But mm. we literally cannot do everything all at once. Something's got to give. Do you have any Sometimes nuggets? Sometimes it's just not wisdom? possible, yeah. Yeah. Any nuggets of wisdom there for us? I absolutely agree with you. And I know that I've been there. And it's really impossible to juggle all those plates. I think if you, I mean, for me, it's about being open-minded. So it's not being it's not being about it's strict about any specific diet. I mean, obviously, my girls are older now. So we've accepted uh, you know, we're not evangelical about any specific diet and everybody has their own choices. Like Gemma's chosen vegan because she wants to be a little bit more eco-responsible and sustainability friendlier for animals. And plus for her, the vegan diet just suits her better. You know, we, we're not necessarily in the same, same boat, but I have to accept that those are her choices. And I think it's about, especially as the kids get older, when you're dealing with teenagers that want to follow a different diet to what mom and dad are following, 
I think you've got to accept it and you've just got to be open-minded to whatever they're wanting to do. And I think anybody who's questioning, I did, I, I hope I get this across in the book, is anybody who's anybody who's sitting there questioning the traditional food pyramid that we've been brought up with. So loads of loads of breads and loads of wheat and dairy and all of those kinds of um, those kinds of ingredients that that are proven to be unhealthy for you. You know, if anybody's questioning them, then yes, you know, go for it. Try a new diet. Try something new. In terms of moms, I would my my first suggestion to any mom is to just try and cut sugar. You know, there are a lot of healthier alternatives that you can do. Try and bake. Try and get your little ones involved in baking. Get them involved in the process. Try and teach them to cook. I think it's absolutely essential that all children know how to cook. They need to grow up. People, children need to grow up knowing how to cook food, knowing how to explore different tastes, different options, different textures. Try and just bring a variety of food into their lives from a young age. Bring vegetables, immerse them in vegetables and healthier food as much as possible from a young age. You don't have to stick to any particular diet or any particular template. Um, you know, it doesn't. Ha- you don't have to be labeled anything. Just try and bring in, um, just try and remove the sugar as much as possible. I know it's incredibly hard to remove, but do your best. And then just try and expose them to as many fruits and vegetables as possible. Mm. Which is nice Mm. advice because, yeah, it's difficult, but it's not as difficult as dairy and gluten, for instance. So if you start there, it's it's a great starting point. I want to know as a novice, Charlene, I don't know if you had a question about the book specifically we've we've had a glance into the book we had uh, Jonathan Ball publishers kindly sent us a, an advanced online copy and it's um of course the images are beautiful uh Donna but the Thank the, you. the recipes there's some that I'm drawn to and others that I'm like okay when I'm brave enough I'll, and, and probably alone <laughs> without two tiny ones then I'll tackle this one it it looks great but I'm a kitchen novice I'm not terrible in the kitchen I can you know whip up I can follow a recipe I'm, I'm not terrible at it but I'm not sort of a cookbook fundi you know you get people that just love cookbooks and they really get stuck in that's me <laughs> you see and, and and I'm not like that but I would like as someone who's written it you know this is your book how would you advise kitchen novices who are interested in in tackling this but I'm I'm an A-type. I'm kind of inclined to start at the beginning and work my way through every recipe, which I'm setting myself up for failure. So what is a failure? What's a good way to to get cracking on on the book on your recipes? Okay. Well, I would suggest that you start at the back and work your way forward. All right. Because start with the drinks. It ends it ends with the drinks. And start with the drinks. Just by changing fizzy drinks and drinks in your family can make a difference. So there's things like nourishing hot chocolates which you can easily make Mm. um hibiscus um brewed tea all these Mm. all these little things that you can start to try and bring in start from the back and work your way forward dalgona coffee did i say it right dalgona coffee which is that is (laughs) a a, a lockdown favorite you know if you didn't make a and i didn't i made everything else i made the banana bread (laughs) and and really you know opened my kitchen up during lockdown but i did not do dalgona coffee so (laughs) Thanks well, for that. that, I have to tell you, is such a treat. It is so delicious. It honestly is. There's a reason why it just became instantly famous during lockdown because it's like the ultimate iced coffee. And if you can make a healthier version of it, then go for it. Yeah, why Definitely. Not? Yeah. What are you, you keen know, to so tackle, Charlene? What types of foods? 
You know what, for me, it's it's the it's the desserts. I battle with, and it's weird because I never used to have a sweet tooth. I'm fine now with um with healthy cooking, savory meals, because it is, I mean, I'm not very adventurous, so obviously I like to try new uh, new recipes, but I understand the basics of fresh produce. The fresher your herbs, the fresher your food, you know, uh, that is better for you. So I'm I'm happy with cooking savory meals, but sweets, mm-hmm. and I never used to have such a sweet tooth, but since I've been cutting out sugar, it's like I'm, it's as though I have, I've, it's now forbidden, you know, and, and I, I shouldn't look at it that way, but it's, and I don't look at it that way, but I think my mind is like, Ooh, you're not allowed that. So exactly. now I wanted more. So for me, the sweet recipes are the ones that that, yeah. um, that really interest me. Well, actually, if you look at the book, there's a large, the, the baking and the treat section is actually quite big, it's, which is exactly why I wrote that. Because I, I felt that anybody who's who's wanting to bring in more whole foods, wholesome foods, that sort of thing, they can easily find recipes or you can you can roast a chicken and make a salad and that kind of thing. That's easy enough. But where I where I have noticed where people really struggle is with sort of the baked goods and the bread yes. and the cakes mm. and the and the treats and that sort of thing, which is why I made this section actually bigger because those are always the ones that people come to me for recipes for. Um, yes. you know, and and particularly um, I think if you're entertaining, if you're having a bride or you're having a dinner party, and you still kind of want to stick to your diet, but you don't want everybody else to know that they're eating something healthier. And that's yes. always been, that's like that's like my favorite thing is to sneak something super healthy into a dinner party or into a bride. And then everybody goes, oh my gosh, this is so delicious. And then you can turn around and say, do you know what? That's actually dairy, gluten, and sugar-free. Did you realize that? And they go like, what, really? You know, and that is my favorite thing is to be able to just sneak that in without anybody knowing. That's that's definitely my thing as well, because <laughs> for the most part, you're like, oh, damn, what do we do for dessert? Because in people's people who don't who don't believe or, or like even buy into the concept of dairy free, sugar free, gluten free, yeah. they're like, I'm sure it'll taste like rubber or how exactly. do you even make something taste delicious without any of those ingredients, you know? Exactly. That's the thing. I think there's this, there's this there's misconceptions out there that that healthy food is really boring, especially mm. the cakes and the treats and all of that, yes. that they can be totally tasteless. And, you know, there is nothing more exciting for me when somebody says, I don't really follow a healthy diet, but that was delicious. You know, can I have the recipe? Mm. You know, that may, that totally makes my day. Mm, how rewarding. So what, yeah, what is your favorite recipe in the book, your personal favorite? My favorite, I have to say, is the Toby sticky, sticky Date Pudding. That is the best recipe. It's foolproof. It's so easy to make. And that is... That is my favorite. That's the one I pull out um, when I when I have a dinner party and everybody thinks that they're eating something like terribly, terribly sweet and over, you know, overly delicious. And then they find out that it's healthy and all of those dairy free, sugar free. So, yeah, that's my that's definitely my favorite recipe in the book. In fact, Gemma, my oldest daughter, had some friends over this weekend and I said, so so what should I make? And she said, oh, it's got to be the sticky date pudding because everybody loves that. So uh. and it's easy. It's really easy to make. I love okay. it. I'm shortlisting that one for my oh. first try. Go for it. <laughs> Donna, uh, we've we've done sort of a body image episode before and we've chatted weaning, you know, um, you know, because we've had small babies coming coming into kiddom um over the years that we've been doing this podcast and Charlene's kids 
are famous for their pickiness. What? What? Uh, both of them, Charlene? Just, just your you eldest. Know what? No, they both now. And you know what? <laughs> I realize it's all my fault. <laughs> Why? Okay, wait. Let's get into that for yeah, if you don't mind, Donna, because. I want you to also give us some advice from your perspective. Well, because I entertain it firstly, and I didn't introduce healthy habits from day one. I wasn't, I wasn't living healthy have habits myself. I would grab what was easier to cook. Now I'm in a position. And at one point I was cooking four different meals in this house. And it, for me, because I want to be healthy and my husband doesn't need to be healthy and he likes other things. And then um, the one kid doesn't eat X and the other kid doesn't eat Y. So I'm like taking some elements that that tie through all four meals and then the add-ons are different. And it, it's hard work, it's exhausting, and it doesn't teach anyone anything and it doesn't allow for them to try new things so they'll never even get exposed to any of those tastes first of all and second of all it's just bloody well exhausting I know (laughs) I know exactly what you mean I mean I think a lot of it a lot of this my my health journey as well or my book kind of inspiration comes from my first daughter Gemma because she's um she was an incredibly picky eater when she was little and and over and above that she was particularly picky about textures so yes um, yes mine too anything with a lump in it that wasn't supposed to be there that she would not eat it for the rest she wouldn't finish the meal so I it was a minefield when it came to her and the one thing I did learn was how to hide vegetables really well in their food so things like um the moussaka recipe that's in the book it's actually the creamy bechamel sauce is actually a cauliflower so it's actually made with cauliflower so it's for me I became the master of hiding food in their food so say, for instance, I, when they were little, I used to do spaghetti bolognese and I would get those bags of mixed um, cauliflower, broccoli and carrots and I would blitz those so that they actually looked like mince. And then I would mix that through in the, in the spaghetti bolognese. So they were actually getting their vegetables, but they didn't know they were getting it. Mm. And that's where a lot of like hiding healthy ingredients in, in a dish that they like kind of came about just to just to get them to enjoy learn those flavors but think but think they were getting something else I mean even now my family always say to me so what is actually in this dish like please just tell us like what have you actually made here is there anything you've hidden in here so they always they always they know me too well now because because <laughs> I'll hide anything I can in their food <laughs> well we I mean I couldn't recommend it enough this, a healthier family for life has um what I like about it is it's not just it's not kiddified. I still feel like a woman and a mom and some or actually scrap the mom thing. I feel like a woman and a person with interests, you know, mm. besides just being a mom going into that, and then that can translate and, and sift down. So maybe we've been looking at it from the wrong perspective, yeah, Charlene. Instead yeah. of feeding our family from the bottom up, you know, toddler kid friendly meals. Feed them from yes. the top down, you know. This is what yes. I like. These are, this is what I want to nourish my body with and let me introduce you. And yeah. let's all just be healthy. Let's mm. all just be healthy so that we can all go for a family walk together and dad can play sports with you guys on the field and that kind of stuff because we're healthy. And mm. yeah. I think it's about sending a healthy message to the kids. So yeah. Donna, where can listeners find the book firstly and where can they find you? In South Africa, it's available at all the exclusive books and uh, anywhere else in the world, Amazon, Amazon in your area or any large bookstore pretty much 
around the world. We're going into America and Canada um, in March, but pretty much Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, UK, parts of the Middle East and parts of the Far East is available now. And then from March, it'll be available in America and Canada. Okay. Yeah. And then I'm on Instagram, Donna uh, at Donna Krauss. And yeah, send me a DM. If anybody has any questions, um, send me a DM and ask me a question. I'm happy to answer it. I love it. Congratulations on this project. Thank you. you know, we didn't even chat about your your biggest accomplishments in life, according to you, and that's fighting breast cancer. But perhaps yeah. perhaps we should tackle that come this uh, this upcoming October or Women's Day. Definitely. If, if lean on Definitely. It. So that's nice. a whole different podcast, <laughs> but I agree. It's worthwhile talking about. Awesome. It was so lovely okay. having you on the show, Donna. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, ladies. Thank you Thanks. so much for inviting me. Charlene, new school means new rules and you've had to start packing lunchboxes officially. How's that working out for you? Honestly, as any parent might know, it's a bit of a ball egg. That said, I've had some help in the kitchen this year. Ah, you're referring to our sponsor for today's show. Yes, ma'am. My Fun Bites food cutter helps me keep things interesting. And so far, so good. My kids seem invested and aren't complaining. Brilliant. Perfect for picky eaters. Getting creative with these food cutters makes healthy food fun for our little ones. And best of all, they're BPA-free, dishwasher-friendly, and safe for little fingers mastering that all-important pincer grip. Invented by a mother and her daughters to help moms and kids make healthier food choices, Fun Bites Cutters have received over 30 International Parents' Choice Awards. As seen on entrepreneurial show Shark Tank, Fun Bites is the first and only patented kids' tool that cuts kids' food into fun-shaped bite-sized pieces. Fun Bites Food Cutters are now available on takealot.com from 149 rand each. Fun Bites Food Cutters, creating bite-sized fun. Alright, so how about that bottom line? What have you, what is one thing? We've taken away many things from this. What are you taking away from today's discussion? Look, I think that the, a big thing for me is the, the, the healthy living together as a family. I said this earlier when we were speaking to Donna, and I think that is probably my biggest takeaway because that's the thing I'm battling to master currently. I feel like I've mastered what I put into my own body. I know what my plan is and what when I'm on track and when I'm off track. But what I battle with is how to incorporate that in the household and get the kids on board. Because, I mean, the, the truth of the matter is they are not following a healthy diet. They're not even, they're, they're hardly consuming any vegetables. So at this point, to conceal vegetables in like a spaghetti bolognese is I mean, it's near impossible for me because my kids don't eat spaghetti bolognese. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say about my bottom line. I've taken so much out of out of this episode, and I think can I can I do a bottom line that I got from myself? I'm going to continue yes. on this. I'm going to continue on this quest to just <laughs> throw the bathwater out, but keep my babies. Yes, you go and do that. Everything. Do that with eating and everything. So and just, just go for it. We've just spoken about healthy living, but McDonald's remains uh, a part <laughs> of my parenting toolkit. 
It's a new it's found It's the 80-20. It's the 80-20, yeah. Sam. It's the 80-20. <laughs> Where you know are still going to go to birthday parties and have sweets. You know me. I still try and do 150%. Not 100%, you know. Uh, that 20% I need to give myself grace for. So maybe that's my bottom line. Sam, yes. lean into the 20%. I'm not an 80%er, Charlene. I'm a 100%er. <laughs> It's not working out for me. So, well, well, you are a hundred percent, and you can continue to try and be a hundred percent. I just want to ask you, what has experience taught you? <laughs> that I will fail, and I will beat myself up around that. I will exactly. I will feel like so a lean, failure. Lean into the twenty is what I'm saying. So, how about we keep talking? I'd love, love, love to know what our listeners have to say about all this diet culture. Fat phobia, feeding our families, balance. Even just your, your go-to, like how, if you have any tips or tricks on how to like get your kids to eat healthier meals or, or trick them into doing so, or how do you, how do you navigate the odd McDonald's, you know? <laughs> um, do you just never introduce it or do you just like, uh, like there is no sweets, there's no fizzy drinks, is, is abstinence just your go-to? Yeah. You know this, listeners, if you want to chat to us or you want to weigh in on something, if you want to have a good swear or a cry or a laugh, please DM us a voice note on Instagram at the Great Equalizer Podcast or record one on your phone and hit us up over email info at the Great Equalizer.co.za. Also, as always, feel free to send us anything that you're loving on socials, Instagram or Facebook. We're even on Twitter. Um, we love seeing what you guys are into, what you want to chat um, about, and tag us. You know, we don't mind being yes. tagged, we don't mind it one little bit. <laughs> yes, please. We love being your friends on socials and seeing what you're doing. Your support, every tag, every, every tag, every like, every love, it means so much to us. And um, also, if you share what we're putting out, you never know. There might be someone in your circles who just needed to hear today or, you know, what we were talking about today. So the more we're seen, please, the better this, this podcast can do for you. And so that's it for this week. Until next time. Keep your mom games strong. For more on today's show, please head on over to our website at www.thegreatequalizer.co.za or catch us on Instagram at The Great Equalizer Podcast or on Facebook. If you want something a little more personal, email us at info at thegreatequalizer.co.za and we'll get back to you.